All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Defense Wins Championships. Here with Danny. We're going to be talking about some linebacker dynasty rankings. Let's kick that intro and get it going. Yes, sir. Defense on me. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. All right, so, Danny, I know you don't know too much about IDP, so you're just here to learn, right? Fuck yeah, man. Played some linebacker in high school. I mean, the, the typical 5'9", 230-pound thumper that's on basically every <laughs> fucking high school team, I'll be honest. But, uh, nice. You know. All right. Not used to dealing with them from a fantasy football perspective, so it's uh, definitely interesting to talk about, again, as you mentioned, top 10 dynasty linebackers for today. Yeah, and I want to hear, like, what your thoughts are, you know, on some of these guys, because I know you watch, I mean, probably every single game, you know, football that's going on, so you're you're for sure going to know all these 10 people, but, you know, just from a non-IDP guy, you know, someone who just watches the game. Just hear, I want to hear your feedback on some of these guys too. And I'll give the, you know, stats and, you know, things of that behind them. Sounds good. I'm uh, ready for it. Cool. Facts. So, number 10, going with Bobby Wagner. A little bit old to be on the top 10 list. I mean, pretty much everybody on this list is 22, 23, 24. But we're talking about someone who's 29 years old. And had 159 combined tackles last season and 138 tackles the season before. We're talking about someone who has not slowed down at all and someone who plays on a team that's built around the run and hard, hard-nosed hard defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, anybody who's watched the sport knows Bobby Wagner has been a top two linebacker for this whole decade. So uh, I can see where you're coming from for sure, uh, getting him at 10. Like he, he's going to be like typical, for example, uh, a, a comparison that I used before the video uh, I brought to you. He's like the Julio Jones of linebackers in the sense that like he's going to be so dominant. You're win now. You're going to acquire this guy. He's going to carry you. He's going get, to get you the points. But ultimately, again, the age is what pushes him down because let's be honest here. If he was the same age as some of the guys you're going to talk about uh, higher up on the list, he would be the unanimous number one. Definitely. So, uh, if he yeah, was no. four, if he was four years younger, he'd for sure be number one. Even, even at twenty nine years old, I mean, he's got three or four years, you know, solid production, and that's probably undervaluing him. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, heck, Alex knows if you're in an IDP dynasty league and someone's willing to sell him for cheap because he's uh, still old, old, an air contender, go 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 shop that right now. Remind everybody how old he is just so you could be the one to swoop him for cheap and remind him that Bobby Wagner is only going to play one more good season, you know, and then if they believe you and you get him for cheap, you just won, you know, I mean, that that's a score right there. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Interesting to see who you have uh, nine ahead of him because I uh, can't think of a better linebacker in the game. But again, once you uh, supplement the age into it, it'll make sense. But just curious to see who do you got at nine? So nine, I got Dion Jones and he's only 25 years old. It seems like he's been in the league for a while now. And I mean, that one season where he kind of missed the entire season, I don't know. It just makes him seem a lot older, 
than what he is. But 25 years old, talking about someone who had over 100 combined tackles last season. In redraft, two years ago, he was the number one, like unanimous pick. You know, like that's how good he is. He uh, covers all, all levels of the field. I mean, he can get into the backfield. He can run with wide receivers. I mean, he can tackle from coast to coast. Just a physical freak of nature who's had a couple injuries. That's why he's even number nine on my list at 25 years old. I mean, we all know by now, uh, LSU's really been churning out these high-quality linebackers recently. Got Patrick Queen coming this year, Devin White last year. Uh, we got we got Deion Jones still in the league. Like, the, LSU's a factory for these guys, and uh, they all kind of have the same narrative in the sense that they're uh, usually about 6'1 to 6'3, fast as fuck, fast yep. as wide receivers, sick yeah. everybody. And in general, I mean, they're, they're just athletic specimens, so uh, – yeah, talking about Deion Jones, obviously you mentioned he missed that season with the injury, but uh, given the age, given the production, ultimately uh, another factor, again, uh, we haven't really mentioned today is uh, how bad the defense is overall helps him too because yep. he put, it puts him in his uh, in these game scripts to ultimately rack up the numbers, right? I know oh, you mentioned sure. it in, uh, I think it was episode one you mentioned that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you play on someone, if you're the, if you're the superstar on, uh, you know, iffy middle of the road like defense the cream rises to the top like he's beating out all these people for tackles you know like that's what it is he's just faster than everybody on the defense that if it's him versus someone else on his defense making that tackle he's just going to beat somebody you know to that tackle every time those are the guys that you want those beast middle linebackers for sure i mean that guy's got all the range in the world so uh definitely a guy to watch especially uh gotta see who's number eight now uh given that the two guys that we just talked about are, are really uh, some of the top ballers in the entire league. So let's get into it. And redraft, both of those guys, you know, they're definitely both top five. I mean, Bobby Wagner, top two, top three in redraft. Now, the next guy here, Corey Littleton, averaged 125 or over 125 combined tackles the last two seasons. We're talking about a tackling monster and definitely the best player on their defense. So he's the best tackler on their team for sure. For sure. I mean, even talking about Corey Littleton, especially uh, moving over the offseason from the Rams to ultimately a team where he's going to be arguably the best defensive player in the Raiders. I mean, that's a, that was a huge pickup for the Raiders. They gave him that big mega deal. Uh, he instantly slides in again. That team doesn't have much going on for them defensively. I mean, some nope. young, unproven pieces in general. Uh, Corey Littleton's ultimately going to be able to rack up those stats, as you mentioned. Again, mediocre he- defenses with the tackling machine. And if he didn't change teams, I might have him a notch, a tick or two higher, you know. But, I mean, changing teams, you, you just never really know how he's going to fit in that scheme. I mean, someone like him who's just a pure tackler and someone who's just tackling the running back on every single play the running back gets the ball, I don't know how he doesn't ball out. But I always get a little curious when guys change teams, how that's going to affect the way that they've played. You know, he was in the Rams system for a little bit. He was playing one way, it seemed like. Let's see if the Raiders use them the right way or if they try to scheme them some other way. For sure. Uh, we'll preface the changing teams aspect in a guy we'll talk about after the top 10's done that ultimately didn't crack the list that, you know, uh, a lot of IDP guys have a lot higher. But, again, Alex will break down why he's not in the top 10. Me and you both know who, we're, who I'm kind of prefacing right now. But yep. the viewers will see after we're done. So uh, let's bang this out. Who do you got at number seven? Number seven, we got Fred Warner. So now we're getting to the younger guys, 23, 
over 118 combined tackles the last two seasons. He's the stud middle linebacker. I mean, he, he reminds me of Patrick Willis, you know, to a certain extent. He's the stone in the middle that nobody can really knock over. He's just a solid tackler, pretty much solid at everything he does. Um, not necessarily a sack guy, but the guys who are going to lead your dynasty and IDP teams to championships are the middle linebackers that rack up tackles. Like those are the running backs of defense is the way you want to think about it. Having a guy like Fred Warner, you know, 23 on your team leading your IDP defense, uh, you're sitting pretty. For sure. I mean, coming out of school, uh, I remember uh, that was the year that uh, the Cowboys got Leighton Van Esch in the first. Now, but we'll mention why he's not on it later. Obviously, it's the majority because of the injury concerns. Yeah. But uh, I remember that year, uh, I wanted us to take DJ Moore in the first round. Okay. Uh, I wanted us to take either DJ Moore or uh, if somehow Derwin James dropped to us, I wanted him. So mm-hmm. one of those two. And a big guy that I was actually – Pounding the table for I wanted it in the third round, second round even if we had to, uh, was Fred Warner. Because I remember he was coming out uh, that year, you know, uh, relatively unknown, smaller school guy. But, man, you watch this guy on the film. He was flying around, tested out off the charts athletically. I mean, this guy was running – I think he ran a four four five at the middle linebacker position. And that's just huge. I mean, that type of speed. Uh, nowadays, the way, the way offenses are trying to spread you out, they're trying to get more, more of the field. Uh, get their playmakers in space. Just having that natural speed combined with the instincts that a guy like Warner ultimately brings to the table, not to mention 23 years old, as you mentioned, uh, he's definitely a very valuable piece and uh, one that's going to be spearheading a really good uh, 49ers unit for the foreseeable future. For sure. And then one thing I'll say about me, just because I I use the eye test more than anything. Like, I literally watch every single game, you know, that that comes on. So, I mean, all these guys I may have in a little bit of different spots compared to other people. But a lot of what I do is based on the eye test and me seeing people and seeing that they're just a fucking monster. And then having the stats to back it up, you know, because there's there's some, you know, guys who pad the stats. They're not that great, but they pad the stats. All these guys, I think, are just amazing, like, freaks of nature who just happen to, you know, rack up stats because of tackles. For sure, for sure. I mean, again, as you mentioned, uh, while uh, in terms of the eye test, it's more so just, like, seeing, like, okay, are they doing it because of the system? Or are they doing it because they're a baller? Or like, how so? Like, for example, when you, when you watch a guy like Leonard Fournette play, and he finished in the top ten last year, and a, a, a normal, like, just a fantasy player might say, oh, you know what? Number eight, he's a good player. But if you actually, like, in terms of fantasy, he was good. But yeah. if you actually, like, watch him play, man, like, he's inefficient, he's getting the volume, but still, like, he wasn't doing much with it. Now, when you're talking about a linebacker and maybe a stat padding system, like, we'll get into uh, maybe Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> uh, ultimately here, uh, it's just literally basically because of the system. Uh, plain and simple, like, they, they're put into position based off how the defense is uh, playing. Uh, how they kind of roam, like, again, a guy like, I'm not going to say his name, uh, is just allowed to stay in the middle of the field and just make his reads and attack the ball, you're eventually going to get more tackles. Now, you get that guy trying to drop back in space, uh, that's a different story. So, a little sneak preview again about the guy we're going to talk about, but yeah. (laughs) And if you know who it is, put it in the comments. (laughs) Talking about someone who changed teams and was a middle linebacker, that's it for now. And um, the eye test, I, I feel like, is a lot of it. You know, you can tell when a running back gets into space and a linebacker hawks him, you know, and just totally, you know, catches up to him, lays some wood on him, and you can tell, 
just the difference in a tackle versus someone like putting a Madden hit stick on somebody. For sure. I mean, uh, again, like, as I mentioned, like playing linebacker growing up, I mean, I will tell you the hardest thing that you could do as a linebacker is trying to get a playmaker down in space. Hell yeah. That guy's got the quick twitch muscles is able to juke you out in space. Like just being able to shuffle down, stay in position and ultimately bring them down is uh, what really separates the average linebackers from the guys you're mentioning now top in the game. So uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, now going through who's your number six. So number six, I know you're going to like, um, you know, let's just relax a little bit. Jalen Smith, 24 years old, Cowboys, <laughs> one of Danny's favorites that I know he's going to want to talk about. I like him because he's always on the field, 122, 120 tackles in each of the last two seasons, just a ball monster and um, ball hawk. Leighton Van Der Esch not being, you know, 100% healthy last season definitely helped like his stats, you know, for sure. Like his, his stats took a, took a step up last season from the year before. And a lot of it was because of Van Der Esch's um, just injuries and not being a hundred percent throughout the season. Now that's actually a big question. I kind of wanted to get into. Uh, I love Jalen Smith. I mean, he gets all the numbers. Uh, he's a really good linebacker. Uh, ultimately, how do you think the uh, return of Van Der Esch is going to affect him from a statistical standpoint? Because uh, when Van Der Esch is on the field as well, I mean, he's a 10-plus tackle per game type guy. Yeah. Uh, so ultimately, how do you view that affecting uh, his overall stat line? So I think the Cowboys are safe as far as their defense and their linebackers go and their middle linebackers. Mainly, you just think about, like, think about game flow. I mean, Cowboys are going to be running the ball a lot. I don't see them leading by 20 or 30 points in a lot of games. You know, I mean, if they play their style of football, I mean, they want to run it on the ground. They want to score a lot of points, but it's really about grinding, you know, and just like chipping the clock away, you know, to a certain extent. You counteract those type of teams with doing the same thing and trying to take the clock away from them, you know, trying to grind it, trying to run it. Just automatically because of that, I feel like they could literally have Van Der Esch and Smith on the team, on the field at the same time both getting around 10 tackles you know a piece and um, combined tackles maybe not 10 solos each either way there's going to be a whether Van Der Esch comes back or not I don't think it affects Jalen Smith at all yeah I definitely see it now and to, obviously the injury is why uh Van Der Esch isn't on the top 10 but say like obviously we don't live in hypotheticals I mean heck if Dodd Gurley didn't freaking get arthritis in his knee maybe he's still the RB1 yeah. but uh hypothetically the neck isn't an issue uh where where do you think Leighton Van Der Esch would find his place in this uh top 10 if he was fully healthy well why don't we just talk about last year I think he was unanimous like top five top six in redraft last year and you know talking about someone his age if you're top five in redraft you're probably like top three in dynasty so just literally one season he took such a hit like on just everything as far as his value goes in fantasy we're you know going from a top three top five guy to now somewhere between maybe 12 and 20 depending on who you're talking wow. to i probably have in in dynasty that is redraft still a little bit iffy you know um but i mean i feel like he's going to be a good value in redraft because there's going to be a lot of people scared to draft him for sure. I was actually going to mention that. Uh, obviously, it's it's still your own risk tolerance as it is in, for example, the running back wide receiver positions and targeting players coming back from injury. But ultimately, like 
how would you view his current value compared to like where you'd be willing to take him? Like, would you take the chance on him hoping he gets back to that top five status or ultimately would you just uh, prefer to take like just a safer guy that you ultimately know is going to go uh, for the full 16 games this year? I probably would be a little safe and a little cautious with Van Der Esch, mainly because it's like all neck issues that yeah. he's dealing with. And like, if it was his knee, if it was his elbow, if it was anything, if it was his ACL, it doesn't even matter. I mean, shit, ACL is like nothing now. But like, when you talk about the neck, we're talking about something that, you know, the neck, the spine, fucking everything is connected to that. So like literally one wrong tweak could like end his career let alone season. It's just like Peyton Manning, like Peyton Manning had the neck thing and you know, he came back and he had like a one really, really great season. Cause he caught everybody by surprise. And then like, was like nothing, you know, like it was a shell of himself lucky to win that Super Bowl. neck and back injuries just kind of scare me just in general when uh, drafting dynasty players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, dynasty at the end of the day, especially like if it's going to be early rounds, like now defensive players are going to go later on. I mean, Early rounds for defensive players, like it starts in the sixth, as you mentioned, could probably an early round linebacker may still be like the ninth, tenth round. Yeah. Now, a guy like Lane Vanderesh may be overdrafted because of the age, because of the uh, ultimate like potential he has. But ultimately, here, same thing uh, we've been preaching: like if you're drafting in the top four rounds in terms of your running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, you're just trying to negate risk, right? You're just trying yep. to make sure that ultimately you're not losing your draft on draft day. Uh, and then you take your chances later on in the draft. Okay, I like that. You want to go for upside. You want to go for the win. But ultimately here, uh, again, in terms of risk management, Alex Vanderesh, uh, he's, he's got the upside. But as Alex mentioned, it's just, again, the position's pretty heavy. I mean, you mentioned all these top 10 guys. Uh, they're all guys that are going to get you a super production. So why risk taking the guy who you know uh, may not get you the full 16 games, especially with an injury, uh, injury like the neck issue that he's been dealing with? And it's not that I wouldn't draft him. It's just all about value. You know, like I'm not going to draft him as a top 10 linebacker and anybody who does is taking a big risk, you know, on him. I'm all about rolling the dice. I'm all about big risk, big reward. Like we're, you know, we're, we're not playing to come in fourth place or fifth exactly. place. Like you need to take big risks to fucking, you know, make some shit happen. Like don't take small risks, like take big risks, but you know, make sure that you're getting good value for whatever your risk is. Yeah, I fully agree there. Uh, segueing off my Cowboys, you know, I'll talk to talk about them for days if I have the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, we got to nip that shit in the bud. Oh, uh, <laughs> who, who is your number five? So Devin Bush, man, this guy is he's amazing. Like, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I have him higher than a lot of other people have him at number five. But we're talking about someone who's 21 someone who had over a hundred combined tackles in his rookie season. Like if the Steelers believe in you, like the Steelers draft linebackers to be franchise like players, like Steelers draft like linebackers, like they're drafting quarterbacks, you know, like thinking we want this guy here for 10 years and we want him to be, you know, the backbone of our team for this long. Devin Bush is like definitely going to be that guy, even though they have TJ Watt there too. I mean, they just do so many different things that, Devin Bush already had an amazing season last year, even being hurt, I think, for a couple games. I think he takes a huge step forward this year. Not to mention, I mean, he uh, you're talking about last year, like how, how amazing his production was. And that was with an offense that typically was uh, putting them into bad spots throughout the season. I mean, again, 
you're going to have more of an opportunity to make plays when your offense is at least putting some type of pressure back on the other team. So ultimately, again, may, maybe uh, it would hurt the overall run script next year if their offense does get better, but it'll ultimately put them in position for more game-changing type plays. Like, again, he's a rangy linebacker. If he recovers a fumble, forces a fumble, uh, makes a play in the air, like all those things are going to be affected, especially when the, uh, when the opposing offense is going to feel under pressure again. I'm new to IDP, but uh, ultimately here, just using common football sense, like when your quarterback's returning, you're probably going to get put into uh, better positions given that the other offense is going to be more under duress. Yep. And he's someone who did a little bit of everything, interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks. So, you know, a little bit of everything. And I just feel in his sophomore season, he's going to take a huge step up. For sure. The versatility. I mean, I've been watching that guy since his Michigan days. Definitely a stud over there. Uh, Fucking beast. Going into it. Number four. So Roquan Smith, 23 years old, Chicago Bears. He took a little bit of a step back. Last season, I, I mean, he still had over 100 combined tackles the last two seasons. But at least for me, I, I've owned him in different leagues in the last two seasons. Two seasons ago, it just seemed like his production was a little bit better. I don't know if it was because of Khalil Mack or what it was, but it seemed like he took a little bit of a step back last season, but not taking my foot off the gas with uh, someone who's as skilled as him and 23 years old and was a first round draft pick and you know top pick yeah bears always have good middle linebackers you know and he's someone who's definitely continuing that trend for sure for sure uh again uh what are your thoughts on like maybe last year going into it it was the loss of a defensive coordinator Vic Fangio that made a may have uh kind of affected him because again uh losing your defensive coordinator the way he did uh the main uh person that it affects would be the linebackers especially because like they're the play callers on the defense they're running the defense so uh, ultimately losing that type of leadership as your defensive coordinator maybe a second year in his new system will help him uh, get back to his rookie year as you're mentioning but uh, what are your thoughts on that whole situation there it, you always got to follow coaching changes because no matter what it, it makes a difference you know any kind of system being tweaked or changed it, it just makes a huge difference and if the player doesn't buy into whatever that system is and you're not getting 100%, you know, out of that person, it's going to show in their stats. You know, it always does. You got to follow the coaching changes. You got to know when defensive, you know, coordinators are getting changed. And it's huge. I mean, just like offensive coordinators affect the quarterback or, you know, affect certain wide receivers or tight ends. I mean, it works the same on defense. For sure. Makes sense. Now, entering the prime area. Top three Dynasty linebackers, starting at number three. Who do you got? The other Devin. Devin White. Bush is happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he should be happy. I mean, he drafted a freaking beast, you know, top five. And he's 22 years old and just a freak of nature. And, like, you know, they've had Levante David. They've had um, Quan Alexander. And we're, we're talking about someone who looks better than both of those guys as a 22-year-old. Yeah, I mean, uh, Levante David's been one of the best linebackers in the, in the league for the past generation or past decade or so. Sorry, yeah, not generation. A little late at night, but uh, yeah, just talk, talking about that. I mean, Devin White was so impressive in his rookie season. I mean, Bush is gonna constantly harp about it over and over again when he's talking about the Bucks. Just like you know, when I talk about Cowboys relevant players, I'll do the exact same thing. 
Uh, but yeah, no, Devin White's a beast. I mean, again, I mentioned the LSU linebacking tree, mentioned his name earlier. I mean, that's just one hell of a system to come out of. I mean, they're, they're, they're pumping out linebackers left, right, and center. And Devin White, he's definitely uh, one of the top uh, guys in that whole group. So top five pick, as you mentioned, athletic beast. I think he ran a 4-4-3 out of the combine. Like, that, that's just insane. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, young as well, productive. Top three linebacker for sure. And, you know, he may take a little, um, you know, tick down in stats this season because, like, if you think about last season, uh, just Winston throwing 30 picks, your defense is on the field a lot. You know, like, you're you're coming back on the field a lot. So that's probably not going to happen this season. So, I mean, um, Devin White, he's probably – hopefully his snap count goes up. That's really what a lot of it's going to come down to on if he's going to take a big step forward in, like, the tackle side of things is if his um, snap count increases from last season because he wasn't a, you know, 95-plus, you know, for the season snap count guy. For sure. I mean, heck, you put that guy on the field more, as you mentioned, 95-plus, like he, he's going to produce the numbers. So uh, definitely a high, high upside type option. Uh, you're getting as your number three dynasty ranked linebacker, uh, according to Alex over here. Now, the sacred area. We're getting into the top two. Top two, two. Who do you got? All, all money. Tremaine Edmonds. Can't go wrong with this guy. 22 years old. Already been in the league and a starter for two seasons. Just savage. Like, he's someone who did get 95% of the snaps last season. And, I mean – you're talking about his first two years in the NFL as a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old. He averaged um, – he he hit 100 combined tackles in both seasons. You know, I mean, there's nowhere that he's going but up. Let's just put it that way. Like, he's, he's already taking a step forward, you know, every year that he's playing. Now, just with, you know, maybe the hype that they have around Josh Allen being a little bit better, Diggs coming over – you know, who knows? Maybe he takes an even bigger step farther this year. For sure. I mean, uh, as you mentioned, this guy is literally two years older than me. Not even two years older than me. He was born in uh, May of 1998, I got here. May 2nd, 1998. He's less than two years older than me. And this guy's been uh, a stud, starting middle linebacker for the Bills the past two years. Again, you mentioned 121 tackles this first year, 115 last year. I mean, that's just insane numbers for a guy who's not even – 23 years old in the league like this guy's gonna be a beast for so many years i'm definitely excited to see how he progresses as both uh a a player and uh a fantasy cornerstone for your idp dynasty league so uh again number two at this point we all kind of know who's going to be number one i mean you guys been watching the league you guys been seeing this guy since he got into the league uh still young one of the top producers alex say the obvious Who's the number one linebacker? Everybody knows. If you don't know by now, and it's because you don't play IDP, I understand. But Darius Leonard, I mean, 24 years old, we're talking about someone who he came out of nowhere, you know, on the Colts, was an instant starter, and he was someone who I didn't know who he was. I I just barely got into Dynasty, you know, recently, so – He's someone in redraft was not even on my radar, you know, two years ago when he came into the league. He was literally picked up as a free agent the first week of every league that I was in. And every single person that picked him up almost made it to the playoffs. I mean, if they didn't make it to the playoffs, they came very short, but it wasn't because of Leonard. You know why they didn't make it to the playoffs. 
For sure. I mean, just reading off some of the stats is uh, rookie year, even compared to last year. I mean, he stepped in as a rookie, as a, a second round pick, started 15 games, 15 games, 163 combined tackles, 111 solos, 12 tackles for loss, seven sacks, and four forced fumbles as a rookie. Missed three games last year, so only started 13. 121 combined tackles, 71 solos, and five sacks with five interceptions. Like that, the ball skills that this guy has is unbelievable. Like if he, if he, again he missed three games last year, if he's able to play you 16 games every single year, like he's a shoe in for 145 combined tackles and ball production, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles. Like this guy is a freak and. Man, when you brought up this video, uh, you literally said, like, oh, we're going to go to the top 10 dynasty linebackers. The first person I said is, like, well, Darius Leonard's got to be number one. I mean, <laughs> knowing anything about IDP, you already knew that. For sure. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, he won defensive uh, rookie of the year his first year in the league. Uh, got snubbed of the uh, ultimate uh, defensive player of the year. I think he could have easily won it uh, two be. years ago. So, uh, yeah, no – that guy's just a freak. So uh, clear number one, anything you want to touch up upon him before we go into the uh, honorable mentions, if you want to say, of the list? Um, not necessarily. I mean, Darius Leonard, he's someone worth jumping for. It just You got to know your room and you got to know the people that you play with because everybody's going to know who Darius Leonard is. So you want to – I'm not saying you want to draft him around early. You don't want to draft him round four or five, you know, but, I mean, early round six, you better be thinking about drafting him if you want to get him on your team because everybody knows who he is. He's going to go in the sixth round of probably every redraft out there. Um, for Dynasty, I think it's more of like the seventh and eighth round where linebackers start getting kicked off. So, really, in round six, you better get ready. Defense is going to start going. You know, towards the end of the six, someone might jump for the linebacker. So you want one of these top guys, you better be ready in the six to jump. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, even like just looking at that production, like I want to see like what the tier was between him and the next guy. Cause I've heard, I've heard obviously again, Chris McCaffrey, we all know is the number one asset in fantasy football. But I've heard even IDP uh, people on Twitter, even mentioning like the gap between Leonard and the next producer at linebacker is a similar type tier, tier to what we were ultimately dealing with Christian McCaffrey to the next running back. So what would you say in terms of relative value, like what they were able to do like between their, themselves and their peers? So, well, if we talk about his first two years in the league, like his first year in the league, he was pretty much undrafted, you know, by fantasy purposes, he's pretty much undrafted. So, you know, an equivalent of Darren Waller, someone who just comes out of nowhere and is a literal starter, like right off the bat. Now, last season, he was the unanimous number one linebacker. He didn't finish that way, though. Um, it was Jordan Hicks who finished at the top. So if we're even though his talent level was above that, just missing three games still put him as like a middle of the road, you know, top 10 last season. So he plays all 16 games. I mean, we're talking about I, I, I can't even really put a percentage on it, you know, but we're talking 20, 30 tackles, you know, better than the next person. So depending on your league scoring, I mean, that's 30, 40, you know, 50 points, depending on, on how your scoring breaks down. Yeah, that, that, that's crazy just to think about. Uh, obviously, on a points-per-game basis, he was right there last year. But, again, as you mentioned, those three games as a linebacker, heck, 
some of these guys are getting talk- 10 tackles a game alone. So uh, you can definitely see like missing games, as we mentioned with Leighton Van Der Esch, ultimately will impact your, your overall stat line for the season. So uh, transitioning off Leonard, I mean, we've, we've been singing his praises for uh, a few minutes now, but who are your biggest honorable mentions or guys that maybe the, the, the community uh, usually has on that you don't or guys you want to you get in depth about that just barely missed that maybe you're higher on or anything you want to talk about, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I got a few guys who will uh, – and, and we're still not going to talk about that one guy who changed teams. Uh, we're, we're still going to leave that a secret until the end, but we'll, he'll be the last person that I mention. But a couple people that I'm going to mention, you know, for Dynasty who pretty much just missed the top ten, you know, in my mind, and they might even be in the top ten for other people. Um, I just have them ranked the way that I do for certain reasons. So TJ Watt, that's someone I'm super high on. I mean – J.J. Watt's younger brother, I mean, he's, he's a fucking beast, man. Like, there's nothing bad that you <laughs> can say about him. He's, he's just more of an outside guy who gets sacks and is a big play guy and not that middle inside linebacker that's going to rack up 100 solo tackles in a season. For sure. I mean, you mentioned before, uh, the, uh, like we, in a previous video, the edge rushers who rack up the sacks, because it's a little more uh, volatile getting sacks, you don't know when they're going to come. They're going to come in spurts, like, again – Khalil Mack might have five sacks one game, zero sacks for the next three weeks. Like, you really can't, like, predict it. So, uh, you mentioned that in terms of uh, the thing with T.J. Watt is he does get just normal normal solo uh, assisted tackle. So, it does help his value there. But I agree there. Uh, when you mentioned T.J. Watt, you think of him as an edge rusher. But, uh, yeah, uh, definitely deserves to be mentioned here. So, Yeah. <laughs> And he's going to be drafted inside the top 10. Like, he's right outside of my top 10 just because I, I respect the middle linebackers just a tad bit more. But I, I, there's a lot of lists where he's going to be on the top 10. He's just right outside of my top 10. For sure. Makes sense. Who's uh, the next guy? Jordan Hicks. So, 27 years old. You know, we're still not talking, you know, about anybody old here. And he was number one um, defensive player last season. The guy that I really wanted to talk about, there's two more people anyways, but uh, Joe Schobert. Now he's, he's just one of my favorite linebackers um, of the past like couple years and 26 years old, changing to the Jaguars. He's someone who we kind of, you mentioned about teams that have like shitty defenses and like, you know, a couple like really solid players. Cleveland has been like the wasteland, you know, of kind of a little bit of Paul Jackson. They, dude, Quell Jackson, that guy is the fucking man. That guy is like one of my favorite IDP players of all time. And Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, like they're always going to have solid linebackers because their offense is always whatever, you know. Um, their defense is always just somewhat shitty, just kind of good enough, you know. Not great, but good enough. And the Jaguars, they always have a stud middle linebacker. You know, it's just – it's part of their scheme. Whatever it is, the middle linebacker is always a fucking baller. So, I think Joe Schobert goes right into Jacksonville, steps right in, and just becomes the man on the defense. Sure. I mean, the last time uh, – don't mean to put race into it at all, but, I mean, the last time they had, like, that stud uh, white linebacker that I can think of in recent memory was Paul Puzlesny. Oh, Yeah. Beast. Like he, 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 Joe Schober, I could I could imagine just stepping in being a Paul Puzlesny type. Yep. Uh, again, just yeah. <laughs> Perfect comp, and not just because he's white, but they literally. Yeah. And I didn't mean it by any means. <laughs> no, if anybody tries to comment, it's not just because they're white. They literally just play like the same like style of defense. They're both hard nosed hitters right in the middle of the field, 
And uh, no, that, that's a perfect comp. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just don't mean to offend anybody if you take it the wrong way. If you are offended, though, make sure you hit up Danny on Twitter and tell him to fuck off or something, you know? Yeah, t- t- tell, me I'll f- <laughs> tell me I'm a fucking dickhead. <laughs> okay. Now, we're going to peel back the curtain on the person we've been kind of teasing this whole time. So, if you don't know, we are talking about Blake Martinez. Now, he's been the man in Green Bay, just right in the middle of the field, always racking up. I mean, it seems like he's getting over 100 combined tackles, if not 100 solos you know, every single year that he's been in the league, um, pretty much been a constant force, pretty much been a top, top unanimous five pick. I mean, at least the last three seasons. So the reason why he's not in my top 10 is because of switching to the giants. I don't know. I can't, even though I watch all the games, I don't necessarily know what's wrong with their scheme and why their scheme doesn't fit the middle linebacker position as well as it does on other teams but Alec Ogletree is someone that I like that I will bring up in comparison to Blake because Ogletree was on the Rams and just like Corey Littleton you know before he kind of took over he was the stud in the middle of the field and 100 combined tackle guy like every single year and he goes to the Giants when he's 27 and just completely, maybe he was 28, but completely just fell off, like as far as stats-wise. Like still a good NFL player, but you're talking about his stats going from being top five to I don't even know if he was in the top 10, um, top 15, you know, the last couple years. And so Blake Martinez is someone who I probably will have zero shares of just because everybody's drafting him so high. And I'm a little bit nervous about him going to the Giants. Heck, I believe in our recent IDP mock, I think he was a top five or top six uh, linebacker taken. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, as we mentioned in our Hot Commodities video uh, this past Thursday, we did landmines uh, in terms of, like, uh, offensive ADP, right? Maybe he's a landmine in terms of defensive uh, IDP uh, landscape. So definitely one to watch for sure. Yeah, I, like I said, zero shares I'm probably going to have. I mean, in redraft, he's probably going to be a top three pick. So just going to be too rich for my blood on someone like him. So not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying he's getting drafted so high that it's way too rich for my blood. I, I'd rather take a risk on somebody else. If he was still in Green Bay, he would be a top five guy for me, even being 26 years old. But Literally, this change of team has made me drop him from maybe a five spot in Dynasty to right now I have him at the 12th spot in Dynasty. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, uh, again, clickbaited that a little bit uh, throughout the video, but ultimately here, that's why Alex is off of Blake Martinez. So anything else you want to close out with before we wrap this up or, uh, yeah. No, I think we're good. Just if you don't follow me on Twitter, it's FFHustler420. Make sure you follow me there. We're just bringing all the news, getting all the IDP stuff going. I just want to make IDP the norm, you know, like uh, fuck team defense, like hashtag fuck team defense. And it's just too boring. Like challenge yourself a little bit. Get into an IDP league. It's just so much fun. And I'm going to force Danny to get into an IDP league. So he will be someone telling you how much better or worse it is than team defense uh, come season time. For sure. I, gotta, I definitely got to tell the home league to uh, switch that up. It's like the most boring rules you can imagine. Like one quarterback, one flex, one kicker, one defense. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so sick. 
<laughs> and uh, I know that it's, you know, a lot of these analysts out there, and um, I mean, even though we love them, but guys like the fantasy footballers, you know, I, I mean, they everything's just so vanilla. You know, they got to keep everything easy because that's what a lot of the casual people want. But, like, I'm trying to take this casual shit to the next level. You know, like, I mean, we're, you know, to a certain extent, we're gambling, we're having fun, you know, and all this. Um, it, the more twists and turns that you throw into your league settings it, it just makes things way more Spicy. fun like get out of default leagues get out of default scoring literally just change it up just a tiny little bit and you'll notice it's it's different but it's just way more fun well we'll throw it out now so we're gonna we're gonna be doing defensive backs and um we'll do def- i'm gonna do we're gonna do linebackers we're gonna do defensive backs and then we're gonna do defensive line if anybody wants us to get in specifically on corners or defensive ends, defensive tackles, leave us a comment or something. Right now we're just going to we're going to keep it as basic as we can and you know just keep growing upon there as everybody learns as we grow. Sounds good, sounds good. Well, uh peace out. Peace.